Hello, everyone, and welcome to ClutchCast, a podcast created to guide and inspire student-athletes to reach their goals. My name is Dominic Prianti, and today our special guest is pitching coach Wayne Mazzoni from Sacred Heart University. Coach Mazzoni, welcome to ClutchCast. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's amazing how many professional hats you wear. I did a little research. Uh, author, media contributor, presenter, trainer, uh, coach, of course. What sports did you play growing up, uh, Coach? Uh, good question. I mean, I uh, certainly baseball and football were the two biggest ones that I played formerly. But, you know, I grew up really, I guess you want to say, in the 80s. I was born in 69. But, you know, it was the generation of playing hockey in the street and playing hoops. And I kind of would say I played everything. A lot of stickball was very big when I was growing up. Um, but football and baseball were, were my more formal sports. Yeah, so we were actually born in the same year, Coach. Uh, great years. Great yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, and I do remember, you know, kids skating around the neighborhood with the uh, hockey goals and all that. I mean, just to prep in the street. It was really good times. And exactly. In high school, Coach, what sports did you play? I played football and baseball in high school. After that, you ended up at Gettysburg College. Uh, you actually played football as a freshman, and the rest of your time there, you actually played baseball in the outfield and as a left-handed pitcher. What can you tell us about uh, those years, if, if you don't mind? Wow, I tell you, you know, it was a different era in terms of, you know, just the way we lived, which for kids listening now, I mean, you know, basically I didn't have a, a computer in college, you know, or like you maybe had a word processor. So life is a lot different, no cell phones, no internet, that type of thing. Um, so recruiting and and was very different. So I really went to college with the goal in mind, really to play football at that point. And my goal was to play both sports all four years. And then after kind of getting really beat up playing football and realizing it was really hard to play those two, I stuck with baseball and played baseball the rest of the time. So I, I really went to college for football and, and wound up playing baseball. You actually graduated from there in uh, 91. Uh, your, degree, Correct. your degree was in uh, what? Can you remind us? My degree was in economics, which I, I really don't think I've used at all in terms of that actual. I learned a lot in college, but I haven't really used an economics degree in my life. So you actually went straight into coaching, as I see here, as a graduate assistant at Nova Southern University, uh, Southeastern, I'm sorry, University in 92, and then Fairfield, Post University, Holy Cross, until you, I think, the last 14 years now at Sacred Heart. Is that correct? Uh, it, the numbers are getting fishy, but I think this spring is my 15th season. But I actually have to, I started at Sacred Heart in 2006. So whatever that math adds up. <laughs> so when did you decide to become a coach and why do you coach? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, life is a lot of trial and error. You figure things out along the way. And, and as an economics major in college with a dad who you know, commuted on the train to the city to a business job. I just kind of figured that's what I would do. I had no real direction. And then after I graduated college, I said, the only thing I know that I don't want to do is get on the train and commute to a job in the city. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, how can I try to make a living being around baseball? And, and that's kind of how it started really. So I, I went to grad school and got that my first coaching position in 92. You know, with Sacred Heart, from what I read here and from what we know, amazing seasons, nine straight appearances to the Northeast Conference tournament, including the uh, Northeast Conference championship game, eight out of the last nine seasons. Sacred Heart won three Northeast uh, Conferences titles in that stretch. Great run. What do you think? I mean, we really had a stretch. You know, my second year there, uh, I'll never forget it. We were 11 and 43, I think. So my second year 
we it was a combination of just guys getting injured and academic problems, all this stuff, and it just was a really really tough year. And then we turned it around, uh, and we went on a, a stretch of really ten years in the conference, you know, a championship game, and won three of them, went to regionals. I mean, going to a regional for for Division One, that experience. I mean, that's those three experiences are my best memories in baseball. And you actually had tremendous success as well with the number of players that you've been able to help get to the uh, professional level. Jay Monty, Troy Scribner, Cody uh, Kursky, and Jason Foley. How did your input help these uh, young men? You know that you're asking awesome questions. Honestly, this is this is a great lesson. I hope what I'm about to say for coaches and for players, the guys that really made it to that high level. I did very little for. I really didn't help them that much. They came in with great character, great work ethic, a lot of talent, and they just, they really got themselves there. The guys that I would like to get credit for are the guys that didn't have the talent, didn't have the motivation, guys that you've never heard of that never got drafted, that should have gotten cut, but I helped them and they had a serviceable role. So you get a lot of credit for the guys that went on to the next level but really you should get credit for the guys that are at the bottom of the, of the pitching staff that really need all the help. So those guys are tremendous players, but honestly, those, those guys got themselves there. I didn't, I was maybe 0.01% of their ability to get to where they got to. And you know, talking about help, I know you also help out outside the college life. I know you give lessons and a lot of lectures and things. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. I mean, it's funny how, again, your life goes. I mean, I've been involved. It started really with just, you know, the community. I've been in my same community for 20 years, had kids that played, you know, sports. So all of a sudden you're in the community and you got friends that are want help with their kids. And, you know, I, I never really intended to get like a lesson business going, but I've had a great following of people, you know, outside my, my college team. Uh, and that's been going on for a long time. And, and then in the COVID world, it's become a, a remote coaching business. The other side of it, the lectures, I wrote a book in 99 on recruiting. That book changed the path of my life with getting a lot of TV coverage and radio coverage, et cetera. And then for 20 years now, I've been giving lectures at high schools about the recruiting process to athletes covering all sports. So, I mean, I've probably physically been to over a thousand different high schools in 20 years talking about the recruiting process. So in these auditoriums or uh, wherever you give your uh, lectures, what are the type of questions you get you get asked? And also, what do you think is the notion that people have about recruiting? I think that those are also good questions. I, I would say this, that the biggest uh, you know, uh, confusion people have in the recruiting process is they think it's easy for college coaches. They think that these college coaches running these programs just sort of sit in their high and mighty chair and just pick out the select few players they want. And it's very easy. The fact of the matter is it's very, very difficult to recruit. There's so many high school athletes playing. There's so many different events and tournaments and showcases, and it's just overwhelming. So it's really difficult for us to, to track down who are the players that are a good fit for us. And then a lot of times we do, but those kids have other schools on them and you don't get the players that you want. So I think, I think the biggest misconception is that it's easy you know, maybe if you're Mike Krzyzewski and Nick Saban and you've built these tremendous programs, it's easy to recruit. But for the rest of us, it's, it's a lot of work. And then, you know, there's a multitude of questions that I get. I think I do a pretty good job when I do these presentations to answer a lot of the questions. So before uh, when I do these formal talks, before the floor gets opened up to an and, you know, ask questions, I would like to think I've you know answered 90 percent of them already in my presentation. Without giving away too many secrets, because we definitely want to read the book and we definitely want to assist to your lectures, what should a potential student athlete 
what should their mindset be when they have their their mindset on playing in a certain college or a certain program? Well, first of all, no secrets. I'm happy to answer any question to help anybody. You know, that that's what makes the world go around. I'm not withholding anything, that's for sure. I think there's a couple of key things to remember. Number one is you got to be really good. You got to be motivated. You got to be talented. You got to make excellence an all the time thing. You can't just pick it up when it's, you know, your time to, for the season, you know, listen, I don't know whether our audience is just baseball players or all athletes. It's probably all athletes. And, you know, it, it's 365. I mean, I have uh, over this break that we're in right now with the college, I have my players check in every single day with what they've done to help us win a championship. And they have a whole thing they have to fill out daily. Well, any athlete at the high school level that wants to make it to the college level needs to have some plan of how they're going to get there. That's number one is you can just have to be really talented. And then the second piece of it is to really do some homework. A lot of kids are just hoping to get somebody's attention. They're not really visiting schools or researching what majors they want. They're not really, you know, when a kid comes to me and says, I really like Sacred Heart, here's why. That gets me excited as opposed to you could just tell he's trying to get any college interested in him. So my advice is to really do your homework and and get passionate about the colleges because that's going to come across to the coaches and that's that's going to make you more attractive than than the other kids just trying to get anyone interested in yeah I, I agree with you we hear that a lot as well the research is really where i think they should have to put their their efforts in uh before they even try to contact the college coach how much weight does academics have uh in terms of a, a choice when you're trying to get to a certain school and play in a certain program all right so there's a there's a couple ways to answer that i mean i think for anyone listening the better your grades are the more options you have of colleges and the more money you're going to get for it, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is when I get a kid's transcript that I'm recruiting and I give it to admissions, admissions is going to give me an estimate of how much academic money that person qualifies for. And the better the grades, the more money you get. So the better student you are, it's going to help you pay for college. You know, that's a really big piece of it. To be frank, I'm looking for athletic talent first. I want you to be a good player. And then after you meet that criteria, then the next thing is, do you have the grades? Are you, are you, do you have the grades to get accepted into the school, to get money for it? And then to be a self-learner, because the last thing we want to do as college coaches is, you know, we're going to put systems in place to make sure you're structured, but like, we don't want to be chasing you around, worrying about you going to class. It's college's time to grow up and be, get beyond that. Were you ever disappointed in not being able to accept a player because of their grades? Oh, a thousand percent. Oh, a thousand percent. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the I guess, if you will, the easy part is the way most universities do it is they're going to give a coach a very early inclination that, that this person is not worth pursuing. And you get disappointed, but more or less it happens at the very beginning of the recruiting process, as opposed to you're spending six months with this kid and then you have to tell them that it's not going to work. So it's disappointment, but it usually happens right after you get the transcript and give it to admissions and the admissions just says, you know, you got to move on to somebody else. So yeah, that's happened many times. In terms of academics, coach, what can you tell us about Sacred Heart? Uh, well, Sacred Heart, this is the best way I can describe it. There's a lot of good colleges out there. I mean, even where we are in Connecticut, you have a lot of good choices. And if you were to say, gee, it was Sacred Heart in the conversation with those really good institutions 15 years ago? The answer would be no. And to their credit, we have done so much from a physical building standpoint and an enrollment standpoint that we are now on par with these other really good universities. So the Fairfield U's and the Quinnipiacs and, and the Yukons. I mean, we're right there with these schools because of what's happened. And that's not my doing. I, I wish it was. But so, when, you know, when I'm touring a recruit around campus, 
they're so impressed with the place. And I say, well, you know, you should talk to an alum who was here 15 years ago and say what the place looks like now compared to what it was, because it's, it's amazing how far the university's come. So talking about campus, what can you tell us about the campus life? So, you know, first of all, it's a nice mid-sized university, about 7,500 students, and it's also a pretty compact campus. We certainly have students and athletes that live off campus, but the campus life, you know, obviously campus life is different this semester than it's ever been in the past with the COVID and all the rules and et cetera. But campus is bustling uh, constantly, um, you know, depending on who's listening to this audience, it's almost 70% women at Sacred Heart because of our uh, nursing uh, programs. So if you're a male that, that happens to like being around a lot of women, you're in good position with that. We always certainly tell our recruits that, but it's just a great place. A lot of diversity, a lot of kids from a lot of different countries and different states. It's a really neat uh, environment. So, you know what? Let me ask you this, being that you brought up the pandemic, how has it been this past year? It's been odd. Um, you know, I'll say this. I have my own son that's at not at Sacred Heart, but at another college who didn't get to go to college because many schools aren't even opening the doors. So I thought Sacred Heart did a great job of the way that they structured everything to be able to actually have a semester on campus. But you could tell it's different. There's no, you know, there's no big events. There were no big sporting events, no football games. You know, that's one of the things the university does a great job with his events and really bringing the campus together. So it just had a different vibe, the university life, because of the gatherings, just the size. So we may do, but it certainly wasn't the true classic college experience this fall. Uh, and how has that affected your team? You know, from a sports perspective, we actually had a great fall. It was terrible once, you know, in the spring came and we were 13 games into our season in March and the season got canceled. I mean, and, and all of a sudden. So if we could all, now this pandemic feels sort of normal to us, but I mean, the shock of losing the season and then my baseball players losing their summer ball and then having to go home, like it was really a devastating time. However, this fall, because we were not in season and there was no traveling, it was a great fall. We really got a lot done. We were able to have practice. Occasionally, someone would have to get quarantined and there would be some ramifications. But from really the beginning of September till right about November 6th, we were going straight. And then the athletic department went on pause. And then the guys went home for Thanksgiving and stayed home. So it ended abruptly, but it was really a productive fall. So when you think about that 13th game and you think about the seniors, can you describe a little bit what that felt like? That was, you know, it was awful for them because at that stage also, you know, they didn't know what was in store, whether anyone was going to be able to return or, and what the NCA was going to do. And it just, and I'll, I'll be honest, I remember when we first went into pause and then we canceled the season. It was shock. It was disbelief. It was like, why are we doing this? We don't have to do this. Other places aren't doing this. And it, uh, if you will, it became a little easier for them and for everybody when sort of everything shut down. And then, you know, all the pro sports and Major League Baseball. And so once we once we realized, wow, this is very serious and this is what you have to do, I think they swallowed it a little bit better. And we're just happy for the careers that they had, realizing that this what society needed to do. It wasn't a choice by Sacred Heart. It wasn't just a choice for baseball. It was what the world had to do. So, you know, telling the team and seeing the seniors that and seeing, you know, grown men cry is not an easy thing. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. And how has this pandemic changed your recruiting process? So I'll say this, you know, for the class of 21, uh, it wasn't that 
dramatically different because a lot of these kids we had already seen in person in some capacity. So it was a matter of just continuing to follow up uh, with the 21 class. The 22 class is what's been odd because a lot of these kids you're you're starting a, a recruiting relationship with, yet you've actually never seen them play physically in person and they've never been in camp- to campus meeting with you. Like a lot of the kids can come to campus, but because of the dead period, we can't meet them and tour them. So it's the furthest I've ever gotten recruiting players that I've never physically seen or meet, you know, met in person. That's just odd. So I, I know a lot of people feel the same way. So the 2022 class is just, it's, it's an odd feeling at this point. What methods can these young athletes use to try to reach you guys? I mean, I think your best scenario, maybe it's always been, but now it's even more so is someone's got to open the door for you. One of your coaches that likes you, that you have a relationship with your high school coach, whether it's a travel coach or somebody that you work with one-on-one, whatever the case is. I mean, I have a list of 15 kids on my phone that I text with, that I call with recruits and every one of them got there because someone called me about them. So I didn't go, they didn't write me. I didn't go see them somewhere on some website. It wasn't through video. It was that somebody actually called and said, Hey, I have this kid that you should check out and, and they're worth looking at. And then, you know, I I would always check those players out. I wouldn't recruit all those players. Some kids are just not a fit for whatever reason, but I think in, in, you know, 2020 and going into 2021, you need to have somebody help you. You need to have somebody open the door for you and make a call because college coaches are going to listen to somebody with some experience tell us that you're a good player. For the few kids, which I'm hoping they're few, that don't have that support, what what advice can you give them? You're going to have to do whatever you can to bridge the gap. So whether that is make a video, you know, depending on what your sport is, if you can get some video, if you play in any kind of events or anything that are streamed. I mean, that's become somewhat of the new niche now is that kids are playing in these games and they're being streamed and college coaches can watch on the computer. So, you know, if you can get some live video or some streaming video, that's probably going to be your best bet to at least open the door to give us something to look at because normally this would happen in person, but now it can't, at least until the middle of April. Coach, besides, of course, physical and the playing skills, what else do you look for in a, a potential player? You're either looking for it when you when you watch them play, you're talking to them to find out, or you're talking to their coaches to find out. Um, you're looking really for a self-starter, I think. I think you're looking for someone that, you know, wants to be coached, but then also doesn't need that kick all the time. And they're going to be self-motivated to do their workouts, to eat right, to get their sleep. I think self-starter is the biggest thing you could be probably in any aspect of life, you know, work-wise or whatnot. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for guys that, again, want the coaching and want the instruction, but that have the habits in place that they know what it takes them to be great and they're going to do it whether they're getting coached on it or not. And, Coach, this is a point that we love to drive home all the time because I think that that could possibly uh, make a difference in a young man or a young woman's life. Can you speak on the significance of being part of a college team and what it could mean for the student-athlete? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, you're you're around like-minded people. Um, you know, not everybody is the same, but you have your sport in common. It's We all love athletics because it's, it just brings people together for the, how hard everybody works together. And we don't care what your background is and what your height is and weight and what color and who cares. We're just all trying to 
pull the rope in the same direction. So it's a great experience in that regard. And the fact of the matter is, if you're looking to prove something at after college and you're looking for a job and you're in an interview, and if you're if right now, if you can prove coming out of a college that you committed to playing for four years and, you know, Lord knows it's a division one level where it's a huge commitment. Uh, you're going to, you're going to set yourself apart from everybody else because you've done your academics and all the things in it and still play the sport at the same time. So that's really not changed. I've had employers call me all the time because they want student athletes. They just, they know that they have themselves in order because of what it takes to with the time commitment and the work ethic. So it's going to be, a, it's going to, you're going to make great friends, great teammates, great memories, and it's going to help you the rest of your life. Coach, what advice can you give a student that has your school on their shortlist? It's a few things. Number one is tell us why you like the university, right? So do some research. What academic programs do you like? Have you visited the school? Do you know any of the players or any students? Like, what do you know about it? And then why do you make a good academic fit? So I think that the first piece you should say is why you like the university as a whole and why you're a good academic fit for the university. And then also do some research on the program, right? I coach baseball. Do some research. You should know what conference we're in. You should know what our record was. You should know about our championships and what players were graduating and what the team is. So do some research because that, that gets us excited when we see that, wow, you've actually done some some background information on the, on the program and then tell us why you're a fit. Why do you think you will fit us athletically? So if you're going to do some research on the university academically, socially, and athletically, and it's a fit for you, we should know that that's absolutely important. So if someone's going to reach out to me and, and I read an email or a text from them and, and they've done their homework, they've set themselves apart from the other 80% that don't do that. That's some really good advice. If you had to sum this whole conversation up, what should be the takeaway from this? I think that we're the sum of our habits, you know, we're the sum of our habits. And if you have your great habits now, and if you have yourself in order, your academics in order, and your strength training in order, and your skill development and recruiting, and you have that, that's fantastic, and just keep plugging along. But if not, ask for help. Ask for help from friends, uh, teammates, ask help from coaches and and people that you trust because someone out there is able to help you and get you on the right track and and when you when you find a goal and you have some structure it can really change your life i mean just briefly on me when i hit 50 last year you know the midlife of your life midlife crisis i said to myself i'm i'm not going you know i'm not going to 50 old i'm going into 50 with a bang so i'm going to do an Ironman race. So I committed to doing an Ironman triathlon, which was the biggest athletic endeavor I've ever, ever undertaken in my life. And by having this massive goal on my agenda, it made every day very structured. I have to do this today. I have to do this. If I'm going to be able to do this event, I got to get up at 4.30. I got to run before the day. And it just, it put things in place. And then I was able to reach out to people that had experience and they pointed me in the right direction. So I asked for help. So if you're listening on here and you don't have all your ducks in a row, that's okay. Everyone who got where they got to was had to start in a place where they weren't in perfect order. So ask for help because people like to help people. Yeah, we actually stress that as well. We we stress the fact of creating your support system. We always say that, you know, you're the one driving your process because it's your dream, but you should lean on your support system in order to uh to try to get there. 
And and regarding your Iron Man race, uh, a song comes to my mind uh, called "I Did It" from Dave. Ma- it's from Dave Matthews. Uh, I kn- <laughs> Does that mean anything to you? Oh, you, you did a little research. I mean, Dave Matthews. Aside from my uh, family and my uh, dog, which I guess is part of my family, <laughs> Dave Matthews has probably had the biggest influence on my life. The music speaks to me. The uh, concerts are uh, the live concerts are tremendous and. You know, I first heard Dave Matthews in 1996, and I've been obsessed for 24 years listening to him. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So, Coach, if people want to find out more about you or see the service that you offer and uh, everything else that you do for the youth, uh, where can they find you? So I have, um, obviously, you could, first of all, through the Sacred Heart website, the Athletic Staff Directory, you can find my email and my cell phone. Um, I do have two websites. Uh, one is just my name, WayneMazzoni.com, which really has all the recruiting stuff, the speeches I give, and, and uh, all my recruiting books, et cetera. And then D1 Pitching Academy is really where I work with kids in terms of baseball and pitching. That's, you know, from the pitching side. So if anyone needs any, you know, baseball-specific pitching help, that's where they can track me down. Coach Mazzoni, thank you so much for being with us here today. Extremely valuable. Thank you very much again. Hey, you're welcome. And if anyone listening wants to, you know, reach out and reference this podcast, I'd certainly be happy to help them in any way that I can. Coach, thank you again. All right, Dominic. Thank you. Thank you very much to Coach Wayne Mazzoni for all the valuable information on the recruiting process. If you'd like to find out more about ClutchCast, please visit us at www.clutchcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at Clutchcast Podcast and on Twitter at ClutchCastPC. ClutchCast is brought to you by Clutch Recruits. If you would like to find out more about Clutch Recruits and our programs and services, please visit us at www.clutchrecruits.com. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next episode.